We are recording. Heck yeah. Hi, Casey. Hey, Kayla. Welcome to Devil's Food Spooky Season. Ooh, I'm a ghost. <laughs> she is a ghost. You can't tell her different. Facts. Facts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Happy spooky season. Happy spooky season. Yes. Yes. We are talking about spooky things this month. It's that time of year where I get compliments on my tattoos because <laughs> I have a whole spooky arm and people are like, oh, I love your pumpkin or I love your mothman. It's like, where's this energy like in April? You know, people can't hang. No, they can't. They can't. They're not cool. No. You guys are cool, though. We know if you guys saw her tattoos, you'd compliment. Yeah. In January, in it, April. It could be Valentine's Day, and you guys would be like, that's some spooky. That's some goodness and spookiness. Yes. All in one, baby. Heck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you guys so much for coming out today to listen to our podcast. As we- if you had to go anywhere. You're probably sitting in the car. That's when I listen. That's where I listen, too. But thank you for taking time out of your day to listen to us. We appreciate it if you did. And if you haven't rated us yet, you should do that. We should ask people to do that more often. We probably should. I don't want to get annoying with it, though. Uh, if you guys really like us and appreciate us, can you leave us a rating? Thank you. Ooh-woo. <laughs> <laughs> and if you can follow us on all the things, it makes our hearts smile. Thank you. Thank you. That's enough cheesy things. We'll get into our story now. Thank you. Bye. It's time to actually do the podcast. Yeah. Yay. So today, what you got for me? We are talking about Chelsea Brooke. Who's Chelsea Brooke? Brooke. B-R-O-C-K? B-R-U-C-K. Brooke. Brooke. Okay. Keep in mind, we both have head colds. <laughs> so our pronunciations may be off. It's... We're going to do our best. We're doing our best, guys. We always try. <laughs> That's all you can ask us to do. So today we are talking about Chelsea Brooke, who was a 22-year-old from maybe Michigan. Now, maybe is a super tiny town with about 500 people there. Everybody knows everybody, and there's a lot of farms. Are there cows? Yes. Maybe. Probably a lot of corn. <laughs> So Chelsea uh, was described as a compassionate homebody, and she was the youngest of five siblings, and she lived at home with her parents. She worked as a waitress at a local restaurant called Olga's Kitchen, and she loved baking, and she was looking into getting a culinary degree. It sounds like a German restaurant. It's the Midwest. I'm sure there's, like, European I've never been to the Midwest. I don't know what's out there. Not a lot. No. <laughs> if you're in the Midwest and you're listening, please correct us. I just know my friend did a road trip to move across country and she did mm-hmm. everything through the Midwest. Oh. And she said there wasn't much. Oh. <laughs> a lot well. of beautiful open land. Oh, I'm here for that. Yeah, I love me some, too. I love some open land. So every year there was a huge Halloween party in Frenchtown Township. In Frenchtown Township, Michigan. Sorry, I said that weird. 
And this was called Big Mike's Halloween Bash. Big Mike. Big Mike. Hell yeah. So Mike Williams was Big Mike. That was his real name. And he was a metal musician. And the party was always held at his mother's farm, which was just acres and acres of farmland. And around a thousand people would show up to this party. Oh, wow. Big Mike would set up these huge tents for everybody and about eight plans eight bands would play so it's kind of like his own halloween music festival like it was a huge deal there was like this huge bonfire there were bands playing Mm -hmm. it was the the thing to go to and maybe michigan it was the vibe sounds like a vibe Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so on october 26 2014 chelsea went to this party as well and she went dressed in her diy poison ivy costume that she had spent weeks making I love that. Cosplay queen. Cosplay queen. She put a lot of work into it. And she even had, um, like, a big jug of wine labeled poison to go with her outfit. Oh, I love that. She put a lot of work into it. It sounds like it. Yeah. Yeah. So people said that she had a great time. She hung out with friends. She danced. She got a little tipsy, as one would do at a Halloween party, but nothing crazy. And at around 1 a.m., she was ready to go. So there's two different accounts as to what probably happened at this point that okay. I could find. All right. One was despite having friends offering her to give her a ride home because she didn't have her driver's license, she decided she was going to leave on her own and walk. That's never a good idea. Another account said that her friends at some point had to leave because they had to get up the next day to go to work. And when they were ready to leave, they couldn't find Chelsea. So they just left her. Those don't sound like very good friends. Yeah. Yeah. Not the vibe. Not the vibe at You don't all. leave your friend at a party. No. <laughs> it's not a good idea. The next morning, Chelsea's parents realized that she never made it home. Naturally. Mm-hmm. We are here today talking about her. Factual. So, unfortunately. So, they reported her missing. Police questioned some of the partygoers, and all the info that they got was that some people saw her leave with a man, but no one knew who that man was, and there wasn't a description of him to go off of at that point. Okay. Police talked to Big Mike, and Big Mike claimed that people had been basically blowing up his phone about Chelsea, but he had no idea who Chelsea was. Oh. I mean, he was hosting this event for, like, hundreds or thousand people. Mm-hmm. why would one person stick out to him type of thing i'm sure he doesn't know everybody who no he doesn't yeah. know everyone that's there he's just hosting it and she was just someone that was there yeah people have been asking him to walk through the fields to see maybe she was passed out something to that effect and maybe she was just laying in the field and they could find her or maybe she was hurt on the property and couldn't get out i don't know about you but we've all been there i haven't oh. but I know a lot of people who have, so no judgment on my end. Sometimes just get drunk and fall asleep in a field and it'd just be like that. It'd be like that. So Big Mike and his dog, they went looking on the property and his dog ended up getting hurt in a trap. So he had to carry the dog back home. Oh. And when he got big, sorry, when Big Mike came home, he saw Chelsea's mom waiting at the house. Oh. So he said that she was welcome to stay, but he had to go to the vet. When he got back, about 15 people were searching his part, uh, searching the property, and that's when he realized that something was going on. So basically, he, he and the police set up head, headquarters 
on the property make it like a big search party oh good he was cooperative so he was cooperative we're, we're pretty positive it's not big mike we're pretty pretty positive okay yeah so no one asked big mike to do this but he just kind of went along with it like we said um mainly because he didn't want to be a suspect in the case he didn't mm-hmm. have anything to do with it mm-hmm. he, that's what he kept claiming so he's like you guys do whatever you need to do Chelsea's mom even asked Big Mike if he had Chelsea hidden somewhere in the house or on the property. Oh. She's a scared mama. She, I mean. I don't blame her for asking. I would probably ask some questions like that. If that happened to my child, I would go feral. Absolutely. Just absolutely feral, rabid raccoon. Same. I probably wouldn't even ask. I would just rampage the house. So. Start looking behind shower curtains and opening cabinet doors. 100%. Yes. So a massive missing person search began, and the whole community showed up to help. Posters went up, um, and over a million leaf, a million leaflets, leaflets, like pamphlets, pamphlets. I should have wrote pamphlets. A million papers <laughs> were distri- distributed. Uh, there were vigils. Uh, they set up tip lines. They did everything. Her family even offered a seventeen thousand dollar reward for any information regarding her disappearance. And when they got nothing, they raised it to 30000 Oh, wow. So th- this family and this community were just doing everything they could. It sounds like it. So the family and the community started a campaign where, campaign where everybody wore uh, purple ribbons. Mm-hmm. And they would display these ribbons everywhere. People would wear them. They'd have them at people's homes, at work. Because purple was Chelsea's favorite color. And nobody wanted the search to die down for her. And they wanted to always have something in mind so it wasn't forgotten because mm-hmm. you know with the police and everything if nothing happens it's like out of sight out of mind. out of mind yeah. things slow down so they were really trying uh they set up a headquarters and they continually regularly did searches and this went on for about six months and even though the family knew that as time went on the likelihood of her fi- of finding her alive was getting less and less they were determined not to give up after six months, I'm not going to lie, I would have probably given up. I would be like, "This, she, she gone. I don't know. I don't feel like I would. I don't think I'd give up. The hope probably would go down. Like, you definitely mm-hmm. get, like, weighed down. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I want, I'm like, taking the movie. I have no skills. I have no connections. I have nothing to offer this investigation. <laughs> I am not a threat in any way. But gosh darn it, A for effort. <laughs> right. So the detectives on the case were having a really hard time uh, because hundreds of people showed up to this party. And the more people were at the party, the m- there were more people that attended the party than there were even people in the town. Yeah, when you said that there were, like, a thousand people at the party yeah. earlier, I'm sitting there like, there's only 500 people in that town. Well, because people out of state come yeah. to this party. It's, like, a really big deal. Yeah. So, it's like they had all these people, and they didn't even have that many people in the town to interview. <laughs> oh, no. And, to make it worse, everyone was in costume. So nobody knew. No who... one really knew anybody. Yeah. So, six police, or six people that the police talked to said that they let Chelsea use their phone. One of these calls was Chelsea calling one of her friends that had left her at the party, asking her basically to come get her. Mm-hmm. And the friend, 
Her friends just keep getting better and better. The friend said she was too drunk to come back. So she was basically on her own. You were not too drunk to drive away from the party. Mm-hmm. Or, like, get someone to help her if you are too drunk. Right? Um, something? Anything? Uh, people at the party said that they saw her crying. She was saying she was cold. She was upset that she was alone. Mm-hmm. She was just not having a good time. So she was vulnerable and a perfect target. Unfortunately. Yeah. The police got a phone call from a woman saying that her son ran into Chelsea, and he remembered it was her because they had talked about her Poison Ivy costume. Okay. And how he was allergic to Poison Ivy, so he specifically remembered having this conversation. (laughs) He also claimed that she was with a man, and they seemed to know each other based on how they acted. Okay. He described this man as tall, slender, emo hair, glasses... And they left together. Uh, They were able to get a composite drawing of the guy, and it was released to the public, and the police were immediately getting swarmed with calls. The problem was that the drawing looked like every other tall, skinny, emo guy of the time. There's a lot of guys. I think this was like like the 2000s, like when that emo phase was something. (laughs) So basically, he just looked like every other... Tall, every, tall white guy. Every other white guy at the time. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So everyone knew someone who looked like this drawing, basically. Mm-hmm. Big Mike even told the police that there were a few musicians that performed that looked like the drawing, and the police looked into those guys, but they all had alibis and they were cleared. <sighs> yeah. Police asked Big Mike to search the house, and he said no, but they came back with a warrant and they found nothing. I didn't think they would find anything. I'm feeling pretty trustworthy of Big Mike right now. Mm-hmm. I trust almost anybody named Big Mike. Yeah, same. Don't know why. I don't know. Just do. Know. Yeah. Yeah. Then police get in contact with 19-year-old Harlan Bird. He claimed he was at the party and he saw a woman getting pushed around in the parking lot with two guys. Mm. She was crying and screaming for help and he came in and he saved her. Of course he did. Yep. He said she had a bloody nose, and when he saved her, she held on to him and rested her head on his shoulder, and blood got on his shirt. He said there was a car with an open door, and he sat her in, and he was going to go back to the party to find her friends, and when he came back outside to get her in the car, she was gone. Just a random car with an open door? Yes. That's sketchy. Just, yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. So police began questioning the details about this interaction and about the bloody shirt that he claimed he had. Everything in base it things just weren't adding up. Yeah, essentially. Eventually he admitted that he lied about the whole thing. And he did it because he wanted to look good and to look like a hero. What a douche canoe. Mhm. Later on, police got another call from Carrie Carr who was from Toledo, Michigan, who told her, who told police that her ex-boyfriend confessed that he had killed Chelsea. Oh. She claimed this ex-boyfriend told her that he met Chelsea at the party and they left together. He killed her and dumped her body at the Toledo Cemetery. That's a place to dump a body, I guess. I mean, it was Halloween. 
That's what she claims. She claimed that he told her that if she told anyone, he would kill her. Oh. Detective said she was very fearful of her ex, and she asked them not to question him, not to question him and then release him. Because she was adamant that if they talked to him and she wanted him, basically he would come and get her. Mm-hmm. She was very just adamant that, hey, if you're going to question him, he can't leave. He can't come back for me. Absolutely not. Like, if you take him in, you can't let him out. That's yeah. basically what she kept saying over and over and over. Now, I wonder if he actually did anything or if she was just being spiteful as we'll, exes are. We'll, we'll see. Oh, okay. So they interviewed the ex-boyfriend and she, he immediately said that they had problems for a while and that he believed this was Carrie's whole plan to get him arrested. Oh, they talked to Carrie again, and she fessed up for the whole thing, and it was a lie. Why are people like this? So Harlan and Carrie both got arrested for lying to the police. Good for good for them. Apparently, you know, that's a crime. Yeah. You don't do that. No. Mm-mm. So March 2015, police finally get something. Cheryl, I'm sorry if I mess up your last name. Cheryl Retzlaff. Okay. Cheryl. She forgives you. I hope. She called police after finding a woman's shoe while cleaning up her property, which was about two miles away from where the party would have been. Okay. Police showed up. Oh, sorry. Police showed the shoe to Chelsea's mother, who mm-hmm. I who immediately identified it as Chelsea's. Oh. Police searched the property but could not find anything else on Cheryl's property. I wonder if she was, like, running away from something and just lost her shoe, like some Cinderella bullshit. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, In April, Chelsea's wig and the Halloween costume had been found ripped and torn. Oh. Um, And it was uh, found abandoned in an industrial site. Oh. Mm Mm-hmm. At first, the ones who found the costume didn't think anything of it. They just thought it was trash. Mm -hmm. A week later, they saw the missing person flyer from the Poison Ivy description of Chelsea. Mm -hmm. And they realized what they had found. Yeah. They also realized that they had touched the costumes and they didn't want to be tied into anything. So they immediately called the police to report what they had found. Oh, good. That was smart. And to tell them that they touched it and all that. So police came and they got the costume. It was ripped and torn the leggings had been ripped at the crotch and everything was sent to the crime lab for testing yeah yeah there was male dna found on the leggings but there was no match to anything to anybody in their current system correct oh yeah clothing happened to be found across the street from where harlan lived which is the guy who made up the story harlan what you doing buddy so police brought him back in This time, he lawyered up, and then he told them straight up, I lied about everything before, but I had nothing to do with it. Sure. Sure, 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 sure. Sure, 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 sure. So, he had been in the building before because it was across the street from him, but he had nothing to do with Chelsea's disappearance. He took a polygraph and a DNA. Uh, He gave his DNA for testing. He passed the DNA test. It all came back. It cleared him, um, and he passed the polygraph. Aren't polygraph tests, like, a crock of shit? Like, it, aren't they, like, not actually... I think they're very debatable. I think it's just because they don't really test if you're lying. They mm-hmm. test your body's reactions. Yeah. 
So if you know how to keep your body calm. I had to fail a polygraph test by telling the truth because I just get so tense and I anxious. Oh, same. They'd be like, you're lying about all this. And I'm like, no, I'm not. And I would probably start crying. And then everything goes off. She's lying. She's not even crying. <laughs> it's all fake. <laughs> She's a ghost. <laughs> Again. Uh, so police also went back and collected DNA from just about anyone that they had talked to before because now they had something to work off of. Mm-hmm. Including Big Mike. Uh, Big Mike refused to do any DNA because he didn't want his DNA floating around in a criminal database because he wasn't a criminal. That's fair. Yep. A few weeks later, the police was called in by construction workers who were removing dirt to build a property. Okay. They had found a mostly skeletal but naked body near the train tracks. This was about 12 miles away from where Chelsea had attended the party. Oh my goodness. The body had been purposely covered with branches and debris, Mm -hmm. and the person who found it immediately thought of Chelsea because there was an artificial ivy leaf found near the body. Oh, no. Mm -hmm. Dental records confirmed it was Chelsea, and the autopsy determined the cause of death was blunt force trauma to the head. She also had multiple severe face fractures to her jaw, eye sockets, and nose, and two chipped teeth. Mm-hmm. She had been brutally beaten, and the police didn't release that information. They didn't release that information? Did not. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Because they didn't want anyone... They wanted to not have that released to the That's press. Because it was didn't... an ongoing investigation, so they didn't want people to have that. They didn't want people running. I think it's because they didn't want anybody having false... They already had people coming in lying about it. Yeah. So they didn't want more people lying, like, yeah, I did that. Oh, that's fair. Yeah. So the family had a private funeral for her, and at this point, they didn't know. At that point, the family did not even know how she died. Mm-hmm. They just knew that they had her. Because police, like I said, did not even release that information to them. That's a pretty common thing when people go to the medical examiner's office. You don't know what they actually died of until, like, three or four months later. That's fair. Yeah. That's true. But I think they purposely just didn't release it, even when they found out. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So later police, uh, they released pictures of a man with a mustache. They had gotten a call from a man that lived near the party, and he said that there was a guy that knocked on his door at like 3 a.m., 3 a.m., asking if he could crash at his house. Who just goes up to some random house like, can I sleep on your couch? Well, that's basically what this, this, this dude said. He, he said no. You Good. can't come in my house. That's what I would have done too. Again, I'm 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 not answering my door if you knock it during the day. That's fair. If you knock at three a.m. See, it's I've, not happening. I have one of those ring doorbells, so I talk to people through the doorbell. I won't even get up. I don't have that. I should get that. Oh, it's helpful. I love it. <laughs> so the homeowner told this dude with the mustache, "No, you can't come in my house." And the guy just passed out on his porch. Oh. And left, I guess, when he woke up. That's weird. Did I say that was the night of the party? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I was like, I want to make sure I add that tidbit. But I felt like I forgot. <laughs> I oh, like, no, I'm pretty yeah. sure you said it. Okay. Yeah. So that happened the night of the party. Okay. In case I did not say it. 
If you didn't say it, I my brain automatically assumed that it was the night of the party, so. Okay. Okay. So everyone's clear. It was the night of the party that this weirdo knocked on someone's door. <laughs> Understood. Okay. Heard chef. Yep. So police found photos with this guy at the party, so they released those photos to the public. A guy showed up to the police station saying, hey, I'm that guy. He's like, I'm that, I'm that dude. Oh, so he pretty much was like turned himself in. But he's like, I just got really drunk that night and I don't remember anything. <laughs> oh. He's like, I just got really drunk and I just wanted to sleep it off. Um, I'm here to help if you need me. But I don't know anything. All right, mustache but, man. But I'm here to help. <laughs> Good to know. So police get him ready for a DNA sample and a polygraph. And as they do this, they get a call. Mm-hmm. An arrest was made for a robbery, and the culprit's DNA matched in CODIS to the DNA found on Chelsea's clothing. Oh. So mustache man was let off. <laughs> Good. We got a lead. <laughs> so none of the D- DNA matched anyone that they had talked to. I mean, that's good, but bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we have 27-year-old Daniel Clay. Damn it, Daniel Clay. <laughs> he lived in the area. He didn't have a job. He was just like a random dude that, you know. He was just there. He just never popped up to the police. Mm-hmm. Police never, like, ran into him for this investigation. Uh, he got caught stealing a bag of tattoo equipment. Oh. And he was charged with larceny. He had a criminal record consisting of breaking and entering possessed controlled stu- substances and theft. Daniel had also been at the party that night with Chelsea. So if he's got this criminal history, right? Mm-hmm. They did not think about going like, hey, man, let's try to find all these people with criminal histories in our town and maybe ask them some questions. You know, maybe you should have been on the investigation because maybe maybe, th- maybe they didn't think about that. <laughs> maybe. I don't know. Or maybe I'm the- judging, though. Maybe that all happened after Chelsea. I'm not too sure what the timeline was. That's fair. It's been a while. But had he not got caught stealing that backpack, he police never would have talked to him. Oh. He was never on their radar. He could have gotten away with it if it weren't for those pesky cops. Those pesky kids. Them pesky kids. <laughs> and their dog, too. <laughs> <laughs> so Daniel was basically homeless, but he was crashing at his girlfriend's uh, trailer. Okay. Basically. So, on July 2016, police knocked on the door. No answer. Then police saw him trying to run out the back door. And police just took him out. Just flat, flattened him. Just tackled his ass. Mm. Uh, he already had two warrants on him for unpaid child support. So, he's one of those guys. Oh, he's a winner. Yeah. Which was how the police were able to arrest him on the spot. Basically, because he already had those. Uh-huh. So let's bring him in and talk about Chelsea, basically. Well, good. At least they had a little plan. They had something to go off of. His girlfriend came home from work later that day and gave police permission to search the home. Police found Chelsea's undergarments, oh, jewelry, and other personal items. Oh. Yeah. At first, Daniel denied any involvement with Chelsea's death. He didn't see her. He didn't know her. Nothing. Uh, the usual. Mm. He also... <laughs> you okay? You're gonna love this. Okay. He also told police 
He was a lover of women. Okay. He even said he was all about peace and love. Some hippy-dippy bullshit. He just wants to smoke weed and have sex, and he didn't like violence. Hey, me too, Daniel. (laughs) It's a life we can all get behind. Absolutely. What police did not realize, or what Daniel did not realize, was that the police had a DNA match. He didn't know that. You're fucked, Daniel. You dunsies. Yep. Daniel immediately thought the police meant that they thought... Sorry. Daniel immediately... immediately <laughs> My words. Rewind. Rewind. Daniel immediately thought that the police meant that they had found his semen, so he con- just confessed that they had consensual sex in the car. Did they, though? Police never said they found semen. They had found skin cells from the clothing that had been ripped. Oh. Which means a fight was probably put up. So he just fessed up that they had sex. And police wasn't even asking them that. Daniel, you're digging yourself a hole, my dude. Yeah. The detective then lied to him to get him talking. And told Daniel that Chelsea's mom told them that Chelsea had brittle bone disease. <laughs> that's a um, that's a lie. Yeah, that's a lie. Like that's a that's a way out there lie. Sometimes, sometimes when I hear cops talk about like their interrogation methods and it actually works, I'm like, that's kind of. I wouldn't have fallen awesome. for that, <laughs> but these people do. I would have looked at the cop and be like, "What the fuck is brittle bone disease?" Well, Daniel fell right into it. Daniel. And said, yeah, I choked her a little bit and, like, not even that hard. But, you know, it caused the... I didn't do it that hard, you know, for the damage that it caused. Damn it, Daniel. But she just kind of, like, fessed up to everything. And he didn't have to. Yeah. (laughs) Then the story changed. Naturally. He said he killed Chelsea. But it was an accident. It's always an accident isn't it supposedly he claimed that he left the party alone but saw chelsea walking on the side of the road he offered her a ride and she accepted they drove for a while and ended up having consensual sex something just tells me that it wasn't consensual i'm thinking that too he said chelsea had asked him to choke her which he says he did for about 30 seconds and she stopped breathing He said he did CPR, but that didn't work, so he freaked out. He said he drove around for about an hour before stopping at the train tracks and buried her under trees, twigs, and leaves. He said, quote, I didn't mean for it to end like this. I'm just over here shaking my head because Daniel's such a fuck. Daniel. Fucking Daniel. But police knew that he was full of shit. Oh, because Chelsea had died from blunt force trauma, not strangulation. Mm-hmm. Also, her clothes were ripped in a way that led them to believe that she had most likely been raped. I felt that in my soul. Yep. Her leggings had been ripped at the crotch and her shoulder straps had been torn. Nothing about it added up to be consensual. Absolutely not. Mm-mm. The medical examiner said that Chelsea's body was too decomposed to determine if strangulation ever occurred. 
But he did say that Daniel's story didn't add up because it took, it takes at least two and a half minutes to, t- to choke somebody to death. Not 30 seconds or less. Oh, absolutely. He also said that Chelsea removed and ripped the clothing off herself. Who does that? You know, you just rip it. We don't, we're not out here like she, Hulk Hoganing our clothes to have sex. And also keep in mind, she worked on that outfit for weeks. Yeah, she was going to want to She was very that. proud of that outfit. Yeah. She's not going to rip it off for some dude named Daniel. It's never for a dude named Daniel. No. No. And also the inside of the cost, they showed the inside of the costume to the jury and there was a significant amount of blood proving that uh, she had been beaten while she was wearing it. So she didn't just, like, rip it off mm-hmm. and la-di-da. She had been wearing it at the time of her death. Yeah. It did not match the story of him having consensual sex. She took off her own, her own outfit. She was naked, and he choked her, and she died. None of it added up. None of it sounds mm-hmm. just... Mm. Also, despite him claiming he felt so guilty and it was an accident, he never called the police... And Daniel could not give any kind of story as to why Chelsea just appeared to be beaten. He had no idea why that happened. Daniel probably didn't have any anger issues where he, she probably, he probably came on to her and she probably was like, yeah, no, you're gross. You're a guy named Daniel. <laughs> and then he got mad and beat her. Yeah. Defense tried to bring up Chelsea's entire sexual history. Why are we victim shaming? Because that's what people do. I hate and that. Tr- I hate it so much. Because they wanted to determine if she liked rough sex. Sometimes we all really enjoy some rough sex. Like, if, if you it do, doesn't matter, or she if was you, a victim. Yeah, if you do or if you don't, you don't deserve to die. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. And her family and friends had to sit in trial and listen to that until the judge put a stop to it and, like, was like, no more. We're not doing that. Bless that judge. Yes. And Daniel just stuck to, during the trial, he just stuck to the, whoopsie, I killed her by accident. Whoopsie daisy. I don't know how that happened. I don't know how that happened, but I also don't know how I didn't call the cops or tell anybody Mm -hmm. or just, you know, all of it. So Daniel was charged with second degree murder, which was later changed to open murder, which allowed the jury to consider first degree murder. Okay. Okay. The prosecution said that Daniel saw Chelsea alone and tricked her into getting into the car with him. That sounds right. Mm-hmm. They said that he, they believe that he raped her, beat her to death, and discarded her naked body into the trash, basically. Ew. They also said he spent two years trying to come up with the perfect story and only ever said it when he was caught, but never wanted to be caught. He wasn't as sorry as he claimed. Yeah, no. They never are. Nope. In May 2016, Daniel was found guilty of felony murder. Good. Which I did not know what that was. Oh. <laughs> I didn't know uh, felony murder. I just thought it was murder. Aren't all murders felonies? Yes. So, okay. he wasn't found guilty of first degree murder, but felony murder... Meaning that he killed her while sexually assaulting her. Gross. Mm-hmm. And he concealed the body. Yeah. 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 That was connected to that description. Got it. There was a weird pause. I'm sorry. <laughs> Two months later, he faced sentencing where Chelsea's family attended and made their statements. 
They displayed hundreds of pictures of Chelsea from the time she was born to the night that she died. Chelsea's mother, Leandra, who was a devout Catholic, attended in a purple dress, Chelsea's favorite color, and gave Daniel a Bible, telling him, quote, Today, with the strength of Jesus Christ, I forgive Daniel Clay. I do not want my Lord to ask why I could not offer forgiveness to Mr. Clay. She's a better person than I am because I would have told him the rotten hell. Uh, Same. And like, you're going to die in the worst way and I hope it happens. Mm-hmm. She said she could forgive, but she could never forget. I could never forgive. No. No. Mm-mm. She's a better person than I. Absolutely. The judge had a different tune. He didn't believe that Chelsea's death was an accident or that Daniel was remorseful in any kind of way. Mm-hmm. He said, quote, I spent 10 days in trial with Mr. Clay, and I listened to countless hours of him changing his story, and every time the, detect- the detectives questioned him or brought up something new, it was very clear to me that, Mr. Clay, you are a liar, a rapist, and a killer. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Daniel was sentenced to life in prison without parole. Good. He deserves that. Also, a little tidbit. Mm-hmm. While in trial for this... Uh, he was also on trial for sexually assaulting other, another woman. Oh my gosh. So, definitely has that, uh, history. He's gross. He tried to make a cup, uh, an appeal a couple years ago and it did not work. Good. He doesn't deserve anything. He deserves to rot in prison and never come back. Agreed. So that was the, the sad tale of Chelsea. I'm glad that Daniel's in jail. Hopefully never to get out. It's always a guy named Daniel. <laughs> oh, she was pretty. She was a cutie. You can see her outfit, too. Oh, yeah, I see that. She put a lot of work into that outfit. You can tell she did. Hmm. This Daniel guy looks like a fucking dweeb. I could beat him up. <laughs> I hope you do. I hope I get the chance. Uh, well that was this week's episode you guys we will see you next time thank you so much for hanging out with us bye, bye.